opposing the government and opposing the Conservatives. I'm afraid it's the hard left who want to tighten their control. They want to uh, sideline uh, moderate voices. I don't think anybody should be surprised about that is the nature of the hard left. And of course, we know that the hard left famously cannot tolerate any dissent. What's it? Well, we know who the hard left are, who associate with the hard left. You just said that we were right to right wing. The hard left agenda, printing money, nationalisation without compensation, that sort of hard left wing position. Hard the left, the hard 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 left, enough to remember cell phones being bricks yeah back in my day we had uh hope we had jobs we had cash <laughs> we had new labor yeah <laughs> um yeah when i was like when i were a nipper I was trying to get into my gene hunt <laughs> yeah i worked out that if i uh like start an audacity file on my external hard drive and then start recording then it's like you have 2000 hours left to record <laughs> rather than like you have an hour <laughs> left to record you that's know? a bit better yeah i'm yeah, glad you so, found a workaround there yeah that's that's good because it's yeah it means less like transferring shit which i can never be asked to do and then shit gets really disorganized yeah, nip it at the bud. But uh, yeah, 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 you mentioned Gene Hunt, so I guess we should probably talk about what we're going to talk we, about. We should, yeah. Testing, testing, yes. Disk space remaining for recording 297 hours and one minute. Darn, man, I've only got 33 hours. Shit, is that on a <laughs> big external hard drive as well? No, I'm just recording onto my hard, my main hard drive, and oh, then I cool. back things up onto the external hard drive. All right, well, I've got fuck all hours on the actual computer, because, yeah, a lot of my bootlegs and stuff are stored on there, like, you know, a lot, lot, lot of music. Well, I got, like, three computers now, so it's pretty easy for me to keep things <laughs> segregated to how where they need to be. And also, like, the the way that other people use streaming services, you know, I'm like that with download. I'll download an album, like, so many times because I'll, like, want to listen to this album. <laughs> and then I'll have to clear some disk space off my phone and I'll be like, okay, who am I, like, not listening to at the moment? And then, like, a little bit later I'll be like, oh, I want to listen to that album. Ah, oh, shit, well, I guess I better download that. So I'm always just like, you know, there's a lot of music coming in but i'm not necessarily gonna keep but, right yeah. but it's a pretty endless cycle yeah you like to keep it fresh <laughs> yeah 
our topic our topic of conversation today you were saying <laughs> uh yeah I, you, you, I finally got round to watching uh at your behest uh life on mars and ashes to ashes yes which i wasn't really aware of ashes to ashes before i'd only heard of life on mars but uh really it's my first time watching either so there's more of ashes to ashes there's three rather than two seasons and less yeah and they delve the... a bit more into the lore if you will uh, yeah than, uh, in unless, life on mars unless you count the various remakes of life on mars <laughs> yeah i because I, I saw on wikipedia that there's been like six or seven different countries have remade it yeah, there's an American one with uh, Harvey Keitel, uh, Michael Imperioli. Let me. It was like a sick cast, actually. Uh, uh, let me let me search this shit now. Yeah, it's fair to say this shit was not like as successful as the U.S. Office or something. It uh, <laughs> <laughs> it, it only had one season, and then it had like the stupidest fucking ending that I have ever heard of. And I don't know if we should get to that yet maybe we should save it to compare to the way that ashes sure. to ashes or even the original life on mars uh, wrap up but harvey keitel as gene hunt the hardened commander of the detectives michael imperioli as ray carling so michael imperioli is like the the racist sexist <laughs> pig yeah. uh, who's like gene hunt's uh, you know leading uh, loyal lieutenant yeah, pretty much. Uh, I don't think that's literally his police rank. And Jason O'Mara plays Sam Tyler, and I'm. Like, I don't even know how British police ranks work. It's like they just stick the same two words together over well, and I'm over an, again. I'm in an expert ways. due to my extensive work in the police force. No, I don't, <laughs> I don't know that shit either. Really, it's very confusing. Dean Winters. Wait, who's Dean Winters? Oh yeah, he's Ryan O'Reilly in Oz. Well, anyway, it's got Harvey Keitel and uh, Michael Imperioli. That's that's pretty good by my estimation. Uh, and I probably recognize some of the other people in it from other TV dramas. There's also been a Korean remake, a Spanish remake, a Russian remake. What's the a Korean Czech one remake. Like? South, I assume. Yeah, South Korean, sadly. <laughs> I'd be well up for a North Korean remake. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, uh, well, I think that's the most recent one, though, the South Korean one, if I'm not mistaken. That was, like, 2018. Okay. Um, so the the franchise is still alive and good in the around the world. <laughs> oh, cool. Where, where does it... Oh, okay, yeah, I see on Wikipedia lists some of these. The Russian one's called The Dark Side of the Moon. Yeah, <laughs> like, a completely the, different name. David Bowie, a uh, homosexual deviant. Uh, we, <laughs> we, we prefer a strong manly music of Pink Floyd. <laughs> <laughs> Genuinely, I wonder if that was, like, <laughs> we we really destabilize West by using the uh, radical message of waters to further the Russian <laughs> Russian Empire, the old Russia. Uh, and I'm going to stop doing a Russian accent now. Uh, the the original, unless I think of something good to say, something fun to say in the Russian accent, one in which case I'll do it again. So the dark side of the moon. 
Alright, so we should probably, before we get into all remakes and shit, <laughs> just, like, say, like, what the basic premise of Life on Mars is to anyone who oh, doesn't sure. know. So, and, and, I mean, I always kind of basically knew it as that show where the cop gets sent back to the 70s. Yeah, basically. So, it aired in 2006 and seven. Uh, stars John Sim and Philip Glenister, two very good actors who I think have a, a strong rapport one another in, with one another in both this series and the series Mad Dogs, in which they play two uh, childhood friends who end up on a holiday from hell after their rich fellow childhood friend is shot in his swanky villa by a person with dwarfism wearing a giant Tony Blair mask. Um, <laughs> okay, <laughs> I've not heard of that one. I think it was after this, so I think maybe there was they were like, we should get the boys back together for like a you know a new a new story. Mm, they do have good chemistry, as you say. Yeah. <laughs> and actually, you know what? There's an American remake of that starring Michael Imperioli. <laughs> so <laughs> Michael Imperioli seems to be like not even as one of the characters played by uh, Glenister or sim but he just seems to end up in remakes of tv shows starring those two guys uh, in supporting roles but yeah um yeah. great actor anyway sam tyler is one of the two cops and he is uh like uh an, you know a very kind of like on the way up uh kind of cop in 2006 then modern manchester and um, Ashes to Ashes is set in London for the sequel yeah, series, which we'll also they, get they, to. They corrected that oversight that they accidentally set a show in somewhere other than London. <laughs> yeah, they they have a very like contrived uh, way of like moving the action to London. They're like, yeah, Gene Hunt <laughs> and the other supporting characters uh, for, for, all got transferred to London. Like, Which I guess makes more sense in light of the ending. But like, uh, yeah, yeah. At yeah, the time, does. I was like, what is go that? Yeah, just the whole department decided to all transfer to London yeah, together. Like, oh, Ray <laughs> is a southern softy now, I guess. Uh, <laughs> but like, um, <laughs> fucking he's like investigating some murder and his girlfriend who is also a cop uh and is like uh, is she british indian or something that's that becomes a plot detail later but yeah she uh gets kidnapped by some murderer and i don't think she does get murdered because uh spoiler yeah somehow they solve it in his absence and it's like yeah 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 and she I comes don't... and tells him in the hospital like i'm leaving you because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> i thought it was gonna be like this uh big driving plot throughout the whole thing but uh they kind of just resolve who the the serial killer is after is in the first episode and then... yeah like they do in every episode they just have a, a, yeah. a story of that week and they that, that's that <laughs> never but, to be mentioned again <laughs> yeah uh but anyway yeah so he's investigating this kidnapping and he gets he no he stops his car and he's like tripping out he's he's really stressed about the whole situation and then someone speeds into him uh, and just like, and he's listening to the song "Life on Mars" by David Bowie. Uh, Some really great 2006 CGI or whatever. Like, oh uh, my god! Yeah, <laughs> and a, a car so comes I, I rewatched that scene like three times. It was so good. Just yeah, the, 
splat. Totally clearly, he just disappears out in, in, <laughs> and, and a blur <laughs> appears. And yeah, yeah, yeah. no, it's like uh, an episode of Doctor Who from the time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, which of course John Sim played the master in around this time. In fact, so he is in a coma in 2006, but in 1973, detect. Is he DI? He's like demoted. <laughs> he gets sent yeah. back. Yeah. In in 1973, DI Sam Tyler is or DCI. What? Yeah. What? Whatever. Yeah, it's the same two or three words uh, yeah, in different he, orders. <laughs> he uh, is um, alive and well, uh, or not that well. He's he acts very, 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 very strangely. And yeah, that's a recurring theme is that, you know, these cops, Sam Tyler and later Alex Drake, they do not like carry themselves uh, with a steely uh, determination to make it work. Uh, They are like freaking out visibly saying really strange things (laughs) to everybody in the time period they're back in. Because they were in denial that it's real. I mean, it kind of. It can't be the IRA. They don't bomb the uh, the place until 1980 or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they and they rarely think, oh, should I say this in a different way? Use (laughs) use my knowledge of what's to come, but like, try and like. I mean, shit. It's a difficult position, isn't it? (laughs) Like, you know that like the IRA are gonna do a certain thing, or they're not gonna do a certain thing. You can't really be like, yeah, I've got intimate knowledge of the military strategy of the Irish Republican Army leadership. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, maybe, maybe yeah. you'd be the one who get arrested in that case. <laughs> <laughs> and it, the strangeness is not lost on everyone around them who's constantly baffled how they could possibly know such things. But who is the main one of these people? Because that's why I haven't got to. Sam Gene Hunt. Hunt. Gene Hunt. Gene fucking Hunt. He do, what, do they say fuck in the show at all? Ah, uh, now that you mention it, I don't. I don't think they do. I don't know. I think they probably would if they yeah. made it now. But yeah, they use a uh, a lot of uh, kind of British swearing. You know, bollocks, bastards. Yeah. And there's a lot of really colorful language, but it's uh, not so much swearing. Yeah. Definitely no cunts. <laughs> no, it's just like you really would think that these would be people. Who... That would be a very Gene Hunt word. Gene Cunt, I mean. Well, exactly. They probably somewhere in these five seasons of Philip Lannister playing this character, they must have something where somebody like makes an implied cunt, hunt joke. <laughs> if the writers aren't going to have missed that one you know i'm sure i could make it past innuendo is like the cornerstone of the bbc comedy agenda like you can get like innuendo on a long time before the watershed <laughs> 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 couldn't think of a colorful way to so sam tyler is horrified that he goes back and um gene hunt is like the he's the gov since i can't remember whether di or dci is the more senior position um <laughs> i want to say dci i, I, I think not that's confident. what gene hunt is i'm not confident 
to, to in doing <laughs> unless you verify it on wikipedia um, <laughs> but, but i will vouch my reputation as a podcaster on this okay remembered truth okay but i'm just gonna say he's the gov and and and, and i really that he is the gov yeah saying the gov <laughs> it's probably not anything i have any business doing certainly not anything that that alex drake played by keely horse has any business whatsoever doing oh gov gov i can't believe you're doing this gov why are you beating that man to death with uh, (laughs) this radiator that you've torn off the wall gov (laughs) don't plant that heroin inside that ira man's uh... (laughs) it's not the ira yeah the ira aren't in it that much it's like one episode no it's yeah (laughs) yeah okay that's spoiler alert but it wasn't the ira oh no it wasn't it was just um uh, a lone wolf but it's a good chance to beat up some irish people oh yeah yeah so gene hunt he's got all like the vintage racisms the vintage bigotries uh, the authentic 1970s <laughs> british he's got his misogyny you know oh, his uh, uh anti-black racism anti-irish a big yeah anti-irish that's what i'm saying you don't get it quite as much now but you I mean, I don't know. I haven't subscribed to Paul Mason's Substack, but you, you know, he's very, very anti-Irish when he brings. He doesn't. He just like round up like every Irish person in a certain neighborhood. Yeah, <laughs> like a whole factory full of Irish people <laughs> or something. Yeah, these are his classic tactics. Um, and so yeah, he's you know he's homophobic and he's uh um racist against other groups he's uh anti-pakistani isn't he and but he here's the thing he's not that anti any of these people no he's, he's, he's got a heart it's the of kind gold. of i don't hate them but yeah heart of gold like i just don't feel comfortable around them it's, <laughs> it's obviously hate but like he hate. wouldn't call it i don't think he would call it that like if you asked him why do you hate black people or something i don't uh, why do you hate women i don't think he would say he does he likes plenty of black people he likes the jamaican guy at the pub who 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 pretends to be jamaican but is just like second gen british Uh, but him putting on a broad accent makes everyone feel more comfortable and he likes what's his name the one black officer is he in life on mars or is he just in ashes to ashes he's in life on mars sorry it's been a couple of weeks since i watched it and i've already like sessed the entirety of animal kingdom despite it not being set in australia which crushed me (laughs) no no sorry there's there's the the black detective who comes in who sam who in later in his life will become Sam's great mentor and and a fine upstanding a proud black man who paves the way for other um black british people to join the police force he's like comes in and he's like basically he puts the racist white officers at ease by like making fun of himself uh and 
you know, making racist racist gags, and then they're all like, "Oh, well, he's all right, really, because he yeah. he can make fun of the thing that we all uh, <laughs> inherently make fun of. are suspicious of him <laughs> uh, because of." So you know, as long as he recognizes it, that's kind of that's that's kind of how they they all feel. But then, is it in, just in ashes to ashes that they have an actual like black officer? Who is one of the main people in the series? Well, doesn't he? I'm trying to. I'm still. I mean, I'm looking not, at the character <laughs> list to figure out who is. He's not. I, no, I just. He's definitely there. I just can't remember his name. Yeah, yeah. Viv, played by Jeff Francis. He's just like not quite as major as the other characters. You know, he does a lot of like clerical work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But yeah, Gene Hunt would definitely say, "Yeah, I've got like two black friends." <laughs> he's like, <laughs> as long he's like, "I've got, I've got a problem with the bloody criminal filth." That's what he'd say. He's like, "It's the good guys and the bad guys, and everyone loves the police because we uh, keep them safe." Yes, entirely unproblematic. Well. He does say that at one point, doesn't he? Like, Sam... Yeah, like, he, oh, he definitely says something along those lines. Sam's like, this is why Three. nobody trusts the police. And Gene's like, what are you talking about? Everyone loves the police. <laughs> it's like, really... Um, I guess maybe in the 1970s, and if your definition of everyone is mostly just white people... Yeah, I don't think the yeah. show is trying to say that he's correct. It's just that he he exists in... He thinks he's correct, In, yeah. in a world where, <laughs> uh, it turns out, this isn't quite the world either. Maybe everybody in this... Strange Unlike those heady those days of 2006, where you know every the, the police force was, had completely reformed itself and uh, yeah, was unimpeachable. Okay, yeah. So our good sh- good boy Sam Tyler, always coming from the future, with the uh, wonderful sage advice. The woke police uh, who arrest you if you say that you're English these days. <laughs> <laughs> you fly, like you fly a flag on christmas day and these fucking sam tylers come out and <laughs> throw you right in jail <laughs> and, <laughs> but that is where a lot of the drama and a lot of the kind of social commentary of the show comes from isn't it they they contrast the disparate social attitudes of 1973 and 2006 you know 2006 is a kind of a time when you know, Tony Blair was in power and we sort of saw, you know, the left had uh, uh, accepted Thatcherism as a necessary evil. More on that <laughs> later. And uh, uh, Tony Blair had got in and um, we'd sorted out racism uh, and the the police, uh, police brutality. Wait, was... They don't just beat people up. Yeah, po- po- police brutality uh, was, was, was over and in, instead... We just had uh, detention without trial, uh, including sometimes <laughs> sending, you know, extraditing people to CIA black sites, more humane kind of policing. And so this is why the show can be kind of interpreted if you're coming at it from uh, a, a socialist perspective as a kind of a reactionary object because yeah it's not just the way that it mines comedy from uh bigotry and um you know it be it racism sexism homophobia it's all you know it's all kind of in there 
because it's contrasting it to the modern day you know yeah it's it's willing to admit that yes there were problems but those are a thing of the past so so on one propaganda yeah so on one level it's making light of these issues that some people and i don't personally feel that there's a blanket rule that you can't like mine humor from difficult issues like you regressive jo- attitudes a joke, and such a joke you know a fucking you know it's hard to fucking make a racist joke funny but a joke about racism a joke that plays yeah that plays joke on where the joke attitudes. is on the racist person yeah that can that can be funny but there is obviously a view uh, and I think Life on Mars does do this to a fault sometimes, and Ashes to Ashes. But yeah, sometimes you can just, uh, you know, be shining a light on these issues uh, a little too gleefully. Uh, I'm sure, you know, we've fucking done it at times. You know, I know <laughs> I know I have, you know, like talking about, yeah. you know, fucking how much I love Guns and Roses or whatever. And, you know, some <laughs> of that stuff is some odious shit. Like, what can I say? <laughs> like, but, um, but then the other level to it is that at the same time, it's it's not just kind of saying oh well wasn't 73 all uh, you know a bit of a laugh you know they'd go and paint <laughs> so a sh- abbreviation of pakistanis go home on your door and we'd all have a good <laughs> laugh at it at the pub later like it's not just that it's then like taking 2006 and saying but now, <laughs> the reason that we can have a good chuckle about this is because this stuff, you know, has kind of receded into the background. <laughs> stuff like racialized policing. I mean... In... Could you imagine if that was still an issue today? <laughs> I mean, it's very relevant now, of course, but it was relevant in the at the height of a war on terror. <laughs> that was... Yeah. Uh, it was extremely extremely relevant uh to you know people of um you know some of the backgrounds that they kind of look at in the show you know asian people of wherever you you were from in uh like the middle east or whatever if that was your, your heritage you know wherever you were from even if uh you know it was like 100 billion miles from al-qaeda at the furthest end of the region from from their base of operations you know you're still gonna get tarred with that kind of a brush with all the anti-terror laws that came in and then uh ashes to ashes is like looking at i guess is it like the pakistani or is it the bangladeshi community or ugandan asians in one case isn't it who yeah there's a few they always have they sort of have be like this is going to be the episode about this kind of (laughs) bigotry yeah this is going to be the episode about that kind and except for misogyny which is layered quite thickly throughout the whole thing especially ashes to ashes yeah 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 but but then they're they're kind of like well yeah this is a big issue in 73 with the front and that and the police weren't accepting of the uh you know for the migrant communities first and second generations who came to our country mm. but in 2006 they can become a cop and go out with sam tyler <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's kind of sorted equality know? achieved <laughs> i don't want to sound pious and pious. i mean well it does make the show. same general 
like has the same general problem as almost any cop show which is that it is obviously gonna be extremely cop centric you know policing is treated as like the be all end all of society yeah police are treated as the most important people in society and therefore being able to become a cop if you're black or a woman or whatever uh is therefore such a great sign of this wonderful egalitarian society that we're flourishing into or just a liberal in sam tyler's case you know he's a a straight (laughs) white guy you know he's there's nothing really that puts him as part of any sort of uh protected category anything he's just uh you know a tolerant person Even softies can be cops nowadays. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Although, you Nancy, know... Pansy liberal types. They do at times provide a bit of colour to the character, of, of mainly of Sam Tyler, less so of Alex Drake, by when uh, Gene Hunt is, you know, effectively torturing somebody, just beating the shit out of them in the con- uh, interrogation room. Sam Tyler will, he'll sometimes say... What are you doing? Stop it! And try and like tear Gene Hunt off him. But other times he'll just like stand there for a bit and tactically let (laughs) Gene Hunt get a few punches in, and he'll be like, "That's enough, Gov." (laughs) We got the information. Yeah, yeah. uh, The other thing, yeah, like yeah, torture is so effective, isn't it? Oh yeah, they always get the info. (laughs) It's morally wrong, but it always works. Again, 2006. You know what was Britain doing at that? time uh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> who was it was david miliband foreign secretary at that point i think he may have been i well anyway there's a lot of like police brutality and uh it's quite often kind of played for laughs <laughs> it's a bit of as like a slapstick yeah. thing it's just like gene's like oh i'll just give him a talking to a cut to immediate <laughs> Crash! Yeah. as a like chair flying across the room at the guy or something or in ashes to ashes there's that episode with the other detectives that kind of come in uh, and oh, at the tons, beginning of that yeah. episode gene hunt is chasing a suspect and like they kind of just end up taking turns kicking the suspect out of camera so not even like you, you're looking at them just having a casual conversation <laughs> while they kick this uh, already subdued man uh, over and over again and it's if not for laughs then it's at very least extremely casual just dude the... there's that fucking mental episode where it turns out that like gene hunt has this mate called toolbox who is like a mercenary torturer who doesn't officially work for the police <laughs> but is like he's the equivalent of like one too of dodgy those... even for them yeah he's like the equivalent of one of those private contractors private security contractors who like does the waterboarding at the cia black sites <laughs> that david miliband as tony blair's foreign secretary had people extradited to yeah <laughs> you know he's just like this off the books fucking like hatchet man who just does him and just like this um very scary uh middle-aged woman just seem to just commit horrifying acts of torture and gene hunt is fully aware of this and he both lets it go on and 
collaborates with him he'll just like let toolbox handle a job and sam has to sam highlights the absurdity of the situation at the end he's just like are you just gonna let your mate toolbox fucking take him off and do what you will with him and and they cut to toolbox like just like standing menacingly with like a, a hammer or something and gene hunt like looks kind of like oh maybe i shouldn't be <laughs> maybe this is not upholding the law to give like the fucking guy from the saw movies like these, pe- <laughs> these people who i haven't proved have committed any crime um but that is kind of a recurring thing in life on mars is that gene hunt is actively corrupt like he's always taking yes. bribes or like the beneficiary <laughs> of like free drinks at a club owned by some piece of shit or whatever uh who they he's let get like, away with stuff yeah, yeah he's like hey what if we plant some gear on him and fucking stitch this innocent guy up and sam's like no that's Ill- illegal <laughs> <laughs> And Gene kind of learns his lesson sometimes. Like, he, he stops taking, like, overt bribes. Yeah, uh, yeah in that he does. episode where it's a big issue. But there's those evergreen things. Like, he never stops beating up suspects. And what he that? never really stops wanting to plant evidence. I don't know if <laughs> Sam or uh, Alex ever let him get away with it. But he keeps bringing it up over and over again as a possibility. <laughs> Old habits die hard. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, there is a corruption problem, actually, in, in the force in uh in life on mars it's like their senior officer or whatever who like has mentored gene hunt and gene hunt really respects him oh yes played by is is that the guy who's from uh the thick of it what's oh what who's he playing the thick of it uh if, if it's the guy i'm thinking of isn't he the tory oh if that if that's him then i i i didn't notice that but but, but excellent Oh, uh, so bad at names. fuck! I know, I know he, I know who you mean. Okay, I, I've got to check. That's him because he's, he's a dope actor. Um, like... He's definitely in. I remember seeing him in Life in Life on Mars. Roger Hallam is that the actor? Because he, he's the guy in the Tory guy in the thick of Peter Mannion. Yeah. Is, is yes, he... yeah, the guy who plays Peter Mannion. Are you sure? It says Kevin McNally plays him. Is he, am I transposing, was he in Ashes to Ashes, maybe? I'm sure, yeah, I, I, I totally recognize his face. He was in something I watched. What did you say he was called? Roger Hallam. Well, anyway, uh, where, where, where were we talking Yeah, about? not too big of a point, really. Yeah, so um, this geezer is corrupt anyway, he's on the take. Uh, and he, doesn't he, like, shoot himself in front of everyone in the end? And it's like... Well, we got rid of the Yeah, film. he shoots a suspect, doesn't he? And then he shoots himself. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's like, now we've got rid of the one bad apple uh, of a corruption problem in the police is sorted. <laughs> like, because it's like, they hint at something, but there might be some, like, wider systemic kind of issue going on. And then it's just like, nah, it's just this guy. <laughs> it's this one dude yeah <laughs> the only like senior police officer depicted in the in the show um well in life on mars that is but you could argue charitably that you know that there is a difference in gene hunt's character in ashes to ashes which is 
the sequel series that they made. I think it was 2009? 2009, okay, yeah. 2008. So it was a year after Life on Mars finished. They basically... All right. They brought back... Yeah, it was a pretty direct sequel then. Gene Hunt and Ray Carling and Chris Skelton, the lads, um, improbably transplanted all three of them to London from Manchester. Yeah. uh, Just to quickly wrap up that point, uh, just that... Roger Allen, yeah, he is in Ashes to Ashes, and he's that—that's where he plays a corrupt cop who uh, gets shot. At, well, he shoots somebody and then shoots himself. Does the, uh, doesn't that other I've, corrupt cop in Life on Mars kill himself though? That I haven't been able to confirm yet. Um, <laughs> Shit, hang but... on. I had the character page up a minute ago. Shit. Well, anyway, <laughs> there's a couple of bad apples in the the great. British but it's always school. just a couple bad apples. It's uh, never widespread corruption. Yeah, well, it depends. They 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 show a kind of uh, certainly a culture that is violent, that is prejudiced. They yeah, but they keep people safe, corruption. Jack. Yeah, they keep, and it's not like you know a network of uh, corruption if you know what i mean it's not like a conspiracy it's systemic but it's not really conspiratorial yeah and it's not so much about the financial corruption after gene hunt learns that it's bad to take bribes <laughs> and i was going to say you could charitably say that between life on mars and ashes to ashes gene hunt learned some lessons from sam tyler that he became a better cop as a result of a, res- a result of his work with Tyler, because in Life on Mars he is actively corrupt. He's taken bribes. He's stitching up innocent people. In Ashes to Ashes, he's kind of he's like, not by the book. He's but... not by the book, no. But by God, his methods are effective. And you know, he's you know, he's yes, he's still racist. Yes, he's still sexist. Yes, he's still homophobic. At the end of the day. You know he is very reactionary man, but <laughs> he, he, whilst you could say that he is yes a right cunt, he is simultaneously a proper legend. <laughs> I think that's what the show is driving at. You know, I think you know honestly, whilst I personally enjoy the Gene Hunt character, I think a large part of that is because he is fictitious. And, you know, a real-life analogue to what Gene Hunt provided for the British culture is probably Jeremy Clarkson, who at the moment is in trouble because he said a thing that was reactionary even by his standards about how (laughs) Meghan Markle should be paraded through the streets and flogged naked Uh, or something. Yeah, it was pretty Right-wingers are obsessed with her. Yeah, big time, especially because, you know, she and Harry have got the Netflix deal, so they've just done this documentary for, for uh, like, yo, the royal family is racist. And, and so the British right are, like, really up in arms about them at the moment. And, yeah, Clarkson is probably his biggest scandal since, like, he beat that guy up for not bringing him a roast dinner on time. <laughs> Which is why his shit is now on Sky. That's the last one I remember, the big... Yeah. Jeremy Clarkson scandal. Yeah. I think it might have been just before that when he used the N-word. Uh, that was mm-hmm. his previous yeah. one. Yes, but anyway, <laughs> you know, he speaks to something in the British id that resonates with a lot of um, 
the more right-leaning people <laughs> in this country. And you could see, like, really the effect of the Gene Hunt character on the British culture. Or, like, the context politically in which Gene Hunt was situated in the 2010 general election when the Labour Party ran a series of attack ads against the Conservatives which depicted David Cameron as Gene Hunt, you know, driving the old red banger around <laughs> and saying, we're going to take you back to the 80s or whatever. This backfired massively because <laughs> the ads actually tested really positively for uh, the Conservative Party and people liked did they not focus group that at all because like it seems pretty obvious runs <laughs> you know if they didn't then that runs contrary to the entire spirit of new labor it seems, right. <laughs> it seems like an incredible oversight but yeah they really fucked that and people were like oh david cameron you know this like posh eaten cunt could suddenly kind of say oh yeah i'm a straight talking honest uh i tell it how it is you know and people could imagine that this urbane liberal tory from the cotswolds was gene hunt uh, <laughs> you know i think some people were in for a rude awakening when that they found out that you know, Cameron doesn't really give a shit. He's just a fucking personal, like, personal advancement guy, like Mr. Starmer. I'm not saying, <laughs> you know, he's of course very reactionary. He presided over, I think, possibly the worst government in British history. But he's not Gene Hunt. He's very, he's a very different character to, to you know, yeah, the straight talking honest politics of Gene Hunt. And yeah, so the Labour Party really fucked that one. They're like, oh, bloody hell, we don't want to vote Labour again, or Gordon Brown is going to become Prime Minister. And like, like you said before, like Gene Hunt is 80s. very effective at his job. Women like, will yeah, be able I'm to just... join the police, and we can't call anyone homophobic slurs anymore. Continuing to be baffled why anyone thought this was a good advertising idea. <laughs> yeah, no, Sachi and Sachi lost their touch. No, oh no, wait, they did the Tories. Well, I'm sure New Labour hired them at some point. My name is Sam Tyler. I've had an accident and woken up in 1973. Am I mad? In a coma? Or back in time? Whatever's happened, it's like I've landed on a different planet. Maybe if I can work out the reason, I can get home.
series with the new fuzzier warmer friendlier cuddlier gene hunt a new series set is it like 1983 just like a little bit uh, on definitely the 80s i'm not sure exactly what well, year david bowie's album scary monsters and super creeps which features the the song ashes to ashes came out in 1980 life on mars came out in 1973 on hunky dory when that series is set so no, it she... might just be 1980. 1981. So uh... I don't know. They could have... <laughs> they could have kept up the it's set in the year of the Bowie song that it's named after. Like, come on. I guess that's not the main thing. But yeah, it stars Keely Hawes as Alex Drake, who is basically like... I get so confused between the, like, events that lead... Alex Drake and Sam Tyler to end up in the um in the 70s and 80s respectively because it's like it's so fucking formulaic it's just like a loved one close <laughs> to them gets kidnapped by a scary murderer and they yeah. die and so they get, like get put in a coma by like car or gun trying to find them yeah <laughs> so it's like her daughter gets kidnapped and then isn't it just like pretty much exact, exactly fucking like in Life on Mars, where it's just like it turns out his girlfriend is fine and she just turns up yeah. at the hospital. It's like, Sam, I'm sorry, you're. This is a especially bad case of somebody being in a coma. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm leaving you. <laughs> um, and uh, you know, do, do, doesn't his daughter, her daughter, just like turn up in hospital later? And it's not as in she's in hospital, but she turns up to, you know, visit her mum, and it's just like, oh yeah, she's fine. She like escaped from a murderer. Yeah. As with everything in this show, like it, well, almost everything, it's all pretty much resolved by the end of the episode. <laughs> so yeah, what do you think of Ashes to Ashes compared with Life on Mars? Um, I mean, very similar shows, obviously, in a lot of ways. I did feel like Sam took a little, like he'd still say some weird things for sure, but I feel like he tr- like. He wasn't quite as overt as Alex, who's a criminal psychologist or whatever, right? And 
or as as Jean keeps calling her, a criminal psychiatrist. Yeah, they've Uh, got a lot of uh, like psychiatry, like like in the Boondocks, like I used reverse psychiatry. Like, (laughs) Uh, yeah, they make a lot out of that joke. Um, Jean does not understand those words. Oh, but he does start using the techniques, doesn't he? He he, again, he learns from he learns from cutting edge policing (laughs) techniques. But I feel like because of her being a psychologist, she's a lot more. She's always she analyzes her situation out loud yeah, a lot more yeah. around the other people and, and, and I don't know, be... they don't really bat much of an eye too often uh, like... she and sam do just sound fucking mental they do especially both because sound, yeah. it turns out like the other main characters are going through the same shit and they're not fucking yeah. making a big fuss about it, are they? Like, Should we explain heads. the twist or whatever? Yeah, we might as well. <laughs> so, like, just quickly a word on Life on Mars's ending. Sam Tyler... So, yeah, they are definitely up. in comas. They keep asking at the beginning of each episode, am I in a coma? Have I time-traveled? No, you're in a coma. Definitely. You're definitely 100% in coma. Yeah, and, like, Sam Tyler, there's this, like, old, this old cunt this like guy who's like he's like yeah i'm from hyde uh which is a housing association my dad used to work at but it's which i'm sure is really unpopular with the british left and it's like i'm sorry i'm not a nepo baby i don't work in housing myself like i uh, <laughs> i think lots of council housing should be built there is that okay <laughs> but aside from that it's like basically they, they keep saying oh sam used to work at hyde he's been transferred from hyde which is like i guess like swank, yeah. swanky police in like the city of manchester Hyde is the 2006 yeah but it's basically 2006 and there's this like cop who's like from Hyde or whatever or is he and he's there he's like sam you need to i'll take you back you just need to bring down gene hunt and his whole filthy empire and again they have like the same fucking character in fucking <laughs> in ashes to ashes and it's just like completely I, recycled i get so confused with this shit uh, and with the same basic plot of yeah you have to bring down gene uh, yeah in order to get back home and is gene really super awfully corrupt like we, we even we already know he is yeah no but it turns <laughs> yeah, out some the guy in season two but he just... never turns out to be as corrupt as uh, yeah it's... no the guy in season two is literally the devil like gene hunt yeah. is, an, <laughs> is a fucking angel can i just tell... okay that i'm getting ahead of myself but he's a fucking angel anyway so sam sam and the boys and girl i think annie has been promoted at this point so so like women are starting to be coppers thanks to sam tyler <laughs> like he's 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 paved the way uh like thatcher uh not before him <laughs> after him before and after him yeah so they're all like in some shootout with like great train robbers or something like <laughs> ronnie biggs and that before his collaborations with the sex pistols recorded from I, his latin if i recall exile. correctly it's definitely the biggest gunfight i remember from life on mars like they, they brandish those guns around a lot but rarely is there a shootout until that <laughs> last episode yeah there are loads of guns though there's so many people with guns oh man gene's hand like... cannon is comical man yeah it's like i don't <laughs> it's know what like people the size of his head I mean, the Daily Mail in Britain was probably, in 2006, is probably just like, got teenagers on every corner with bazookas, but no, there's, <laughs> there's even, even now, not many guns in Britain. Uh, 2006, probably 
uh, not many guns in Britain either. 1973, definitely not very many guns in Britain <laughs> at all. But every fucking everyone in their mum's packing. In. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Anyone even tangentially <laughs> involved in crime uh, is, is <laughs> toting it like fucking Billy the Kid and, <laughs> and this shit. But yeah, but so they're in a massive shootout and like they're getting caned. Like the criminals have really got the drop on them. Like Gene gets shot and like they're all it's get- going the way of butch cassidy and the sundance kid yeah and then this old cunt the of the cop shows up in the tunnel and he's like sam come with me i actually am from hyde which is 2006 leave these pieces <laughs> of shit uh, we need the other cops to die so that gene hunt will uh, have to take the rap for their sins which is a very like prosaic like reason we we need these cops to die but we don't need like sam tyler to take the stand and say like oh yeah gene hunt is responsible for this which would also be really effective because we've got <laughs> to send him back to the year 2006 anyway i'm explaining that really badly anyway so he he wakes up from his coma in 2006 because he do- he makes this like devil's bargain and leaves the others to uh, uh be shot with the, the ubiquitous firearms uh, of, of 1973's Britain. Manchester, dangerous. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> mad for it. Fucking mad for it. Weapons, I mean. So he's back in 2006. And, you know, it's just like with this woke culture and... Uh, <laughs> it's, it's... Are they, like, discussing torture or something? Yeah, uh, they are. They're talking about, like, how long they can detain a suspect without trial. <laughs> and Sam is just like, fucking hell, the, co- the police is so woke these days. He just loses the will to live. Uh, and jumps off the top of a police station, kills himself, and goes back to 1973, saves the other cops... And then they live happily ever after. Or do they? No. Do they? Do they? Yeah. No. So at the end of Ashes to Ashes, we find out that Sam Tyler began acting very strange, even for Sam Tyler. It, <laughs> that's like a pretty much a direct quote from the yeah, show. Yeah, yeah. Like, um, in, like, I don't know, when was it? Like 1974 or something? He hung out. I think so, yeah. yeah. he hung out with the other cops for a bit. Didn't he get married or something even? He had a girlfriend. Danny? Yeah. Possibly. Anyway. I think I remember them mentioning mentioning that, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, then he started acting really weird and he, like, did he disappear or die or something? It's a bit Twin Peaksy, you know? Yeah. It's kind of like, yeah, David Bowie's character was in two places at once and he (laughs) disappeared and ended up as a teapot. Yeah, it's not quite Twin Peaks, but I think they were kind of going for some of that mystery. So it's like, did Gene... There's a whole thing like, did Gene Hunt kill Sam Tyler? Spoiler, no. Of course the Gov didn't do that because he's a proper legend and he's got a heart of gold. (laughs) um, And his tactics may be unorthodox, but by God, they get results. It turns out that, like, Gene Hunt is a guardian angel who, like, shepherds cops who are dead or dying from one life to the next but he's been doing this for so long that he's forgotten it and just thinks that he's a cop which makes you think like i mean it's not like policing as a formal activity is really that old yeah yeah it's really weird but the like god like 
I don't know. I don't even know what to say. But the afterlife would have kind of like professional individual components. Like, well, this is the guardian <laughs> angel for cops. This is the the guy for bakers. This is like this is the archangel of podcasters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I, I am the Gene Hunt of like <laughs> the, a, a farmer Gene Hunt, a bricklayer Gene Hunt. Do they, do, they, do they exist for an advertising executive gene hunt? Do As they... new jobs get created by technology, <laughs> then new angels have hunt. to be created. <laughs> <laughs> it's a crypto gene hunt. An <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> NFT gene hunt. The world building of Ashes to Ashes and Life on Mars definitely leaves you with more questions than it really answers (laughs) (laughs) it's so strange i didn't get at the end of ashes to ashes with the pub coming back so that was always like the afterlife or something because then they go through the door and they disappear yeah why haven't they been hanging out but they've been inside that pub loads of times yeah in life on mars yeah 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 i didn't get that but okay i guess it's them just i don't know I don't know. Accepting things? Uh, I don't know. Well, it's it's um not the worst ending. I mean, we were we were saying the ending is pretty effective to the original series where where Sam Tyler jumps off the building and that. Like, I think it was only ever and of course when he commits suicide, the song Life on Mars is blasting out a very well sequenced scene, you know. <laughs> there's loads of like bowie songs and fucking like constant loads of great music all together oh it's fantastic yeah all the you know the hits of the 70s a big part of the budget must have went to the soundtrack yeah they got a lot of songs that would have been big in britain at that time and also just like fucking lou reed album cuts like i don't know hanging around or something but like were not commercially successful that would not have just been playing in a pub in britain also all the characters of the show would have would have like if they'd have seen or heard lou reed in that period they'd have been like get this bloody puff off my stereo like um, <laughs> there's one episode where this woman is like oh i was just going down the record store to get new neil young and okay yeah it does turn out she's lying but she's like shows no evidence of like listening to Neil Young or possessing a copy of the album in question, which would have been time fades away. Just she's like listening to Elton John later, and I'm just like, yeah, I love Elton, but are you not gonna like try and get get to grips with time fades away? Come on, well, clever bit of like foreshadowing that she was lying. Ah, uh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true because we see her listening to at least like three different artists. And none of them are Neil Young. I never thought about that. That's actually really good of intentional. I don't know. Uh, could be. It's like, uh, yeah, like you say, I mean, the there's some questions to be answered about why, why with the angels and stuff. But the actual, like, way the show is put together and everything, I think it's pretty competent. It's pretty good. Pretty like, good. It's like it's entertaining. Said, Philip Glennis um, is great. Yeah, definitely some talent involved. Also, some uh, not so great Chris Chibnall. Oh, what? Yeah, the Doctor Who guy. The Doctor Who guy, yeah. How Uh, much of it did he actually do, though? 
he was on both he did do some writing on both life on mars and ashes to ashes i don't know okay. i don't think he was like the main guy he's not the head writer yeah i don't think he created it he was definitely on board but no yeah there was some real talent as well um yeah so like so. we mentioned that the ending to ashes to ashes which i guess ties up the british saga is kind of silly Let's just, like, listen <laughs> to the ending of The American Life on Mars, which I, I have not seen. None of us have seen. No. <laughs> I mean, actually, let's just hear a little bit about how they deal with some of the issues that the British Life on Mars does in the American version. At other times, Sam Tyler also hints at his knowledge of the future to his colleagues. In a discussion of then-President Richard Nixon, he confuses them by asserting that Nixon won't be in office much longer. He makes a veiled allusion to the September 11th attacks when advising them against engaging in hate speech. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> He's like, I'm just trying to imagine that. He's like, no, because when you, when you judge people like that, bro, what ends up happening is... <laughs> planes crashing into the twin towers never forget man 9-11 and he uses then future cultural references as undercover pseudonyms like luke skywalker tom cruise sam bono and giving gene and a female companion the undercover names george and laura bush that was uh maybe in the earlier one he's like so uh i'm gonna tell you about this thing called the 9-11 uh, which will give you background for this George Bush character. Um, <laughs> <laughs> at the end of the series, it is revealed that Tyler's 2008 and 1973 realities were both fictitious, created by the onboard computer of a spacecraft that is carrying Tyler, Hunt, Norris, Carling, and Skelton on the first ever human mission to the planet Mars in 2035 you see because the show's called life on mars so like, what happened was i imagine <laughs> the writers of this of this adaptation of the original british show showed the script to the executives of the network that had commissioned it and these stupid cunt fucking suits were like are oh, i don't get it when do they go to mars <laughs> <laughs> it's called life on mars why is why is there no space travel in it uh, i don't get it and um they would have had to say well uh, how about <laughs> probably fucking freestyle either that or meeting. executives do tend to think that like the average american uh you know consumer is just that stupid that they'll be like well, where's the mars <laughs> <laughs> The crew he worked with in 1973... Which is pretty fair. <laughs> ...were just virtual reality <laughs> versions of his fellow spaceship crew members. His room number 2B is his sleeping unit, his old precinct Hyde, and his new precinct for 125 are based on the name of the spacecraft, Hyde 125. His neighbor Windy is the ne Windy <laughs> is the name of the computer AI. Frank Morgan, an FBI agent in the series, is the mission control flight director. In a reversal from her struggle to be taken seriously as a police officer in 1973, Annie Norris is the ship's commander. That's more of that woke culture that made Sam Tyler <laughs> kill himself. 
To sustain the crew, their minds were routinely kept active while asleep using virtual reality neural simulation programs of their, their own choosing. But Sam's choice of a scenario where he was a police officer since 2008 was abruptly glit changed to 1973 by a computer glitch. Okay, so he was still a cop at the beginning of the show, at, in the present, but then... Oh my no, god, it's he layers. Was, he was a, no, it, yeah, an he wasn't actually, actually, but he was in virtual reality. He was a. He was, I'm just yes. trying to he, in, peel in, this onion. In okay, virtual continue. reality, he was a 2008 cop, but the computer fucked up and <laughs> it made it 73 instead. The identity, and it, that was a meteor storm that did that. The identity of Maya in 2035, however, is left unexplained. Okay, in a twist, Gene Hunt and 1970. Well, I imagine they were like, oh, well, we'll do that in season two. This is the last episode. <laughs> uh, Gene Hunt in 1973 turns out to be astronaut Major Tom Tyler, Sam's <laughs> father. <laughs> so shit. I am your father, Sam. Also, I am the character Major Tom from the beloved David Bowie song Space Oddity, <laughs> who incidentally on the album Scary Monsters and Super Creeps, from which the song Ashes to Ashes is drawn, uh, in fact, on that very song, Ashes to Ashes, Major Tom is described as a junkie. So, I don't mm. know, maybe he, lo- he he's an astronaut who loves the gear, <laughs> potentially. <laughs> <laughs> Just as Maria was estranged from Jean in 1973, Sam was estranged from his father until the very end of the series when he reconciles with his dad before they step out onto the bare ground of the red planet. This is the worst, like, contrived, mawkish, sentimental shit. However, (laughs) the final shot shows not an astronaut boot, but Gene Hunt's signature white loafer taking the first step onto the Martian surface, casting doubt once again onto the ending. What, like, so they went back to 1970, they, they went to Mars, but in 1973, <laughs> like, what? <laughs> <laughs> what a dumbass twist. Yeah. It makes you wonder, like, I... I I I I'm I'm sure it would have went the typical American like route of just endless seasons of ooh is he in a coma is he an <laughs> astronaut is he actually in 1973 and just uh like get ten seasons of that. I mean I I still I I think it would be nice to see Harvey Keitel as Gene Hunt. I'm I'm quite interested. That does sound kind of interesting, yeah. <laughs> I bet it's network TV though, so it can't have the kind of oof distributor disney abc also i mean <laughs> disney do like adult stuff now uh but i don't i doubt in 2008 to 9 you would yeah, have been they, able to have yeah. swear like scorsese style profanity <laughs> that harvey Keitel does so well on abc probably not probably not the Russian life on Mars. Sound... Dark side of the moon. Yes, yeah, sorry. Dark side of the moon sounds absolutely fascinating. So 
Like the original series it was adapted from, although with the original script rewritten to better fit the Soviet era, the series combines elements of the... Yeah, okay, we know that as speculative fiction and police procedural, featuring a present-day police captain from a Moscow City police who wakes up in 1979 as his deceased father. Wait, what? That's... Okay, okay, <laughs> that is different. Um, yeah. In the days of the Soviet Union after being hit by a car while in pursuit of a criminal in 2011. And 1979 is a really interesting time. It's like, was the Soviet Union at its strongest in 79? That was, they were intervening in Afghanistan around that time, weren't they? That would have been after Khrushchev, so it was well in decline, I do believe. Yeah, I mean, because it's like, okay, you're avoiding certain controversial issues by not setting it in the Stalin era for a start. But, yeah, it's just an interesting time because, yeah. But, but then again, like, that's de- kind of odd to me because my understanding is that Stalin's not that controversial a figure in Russia. Not in Russia, no. Uh, but, I mean, I just imagine that there's more kind of like people want to go back to the Soviet Union and Russia. They might say, well, Stalin was a great leader, but that's not. <laughs> Stalin would have been too popular. That's they not what I want to go back to. The Putin regime could not allow that. Yeah, I don't know fuck all anyway. But um, <laughs> but um, okay. So basically, Pink Floyd were really popular underground in 1970s Russia. No rock music, no jeans. <laughs> I mean, pretty much. Uh, I'm sure it was hard to get some things. Don't know about it being like illegal. By the end of the Soviet Union, they had some Western bands play that. Probably they had some media controls for sure. Yeah, but. It it was certainly like if you were like a new left dissident you probably it's like the czech republic the revolution there was called the velvet revolution because the velvet underground became a pivotal yeah. like countercultural thing when their records were smuggled into there and so lou reed those dirty czech hippies <laughs> yeah lou reed uh, basically later in life got all these like honors from the czech republic for his services to democracy <laughs> and shit but yeah so like let's look at the plot of the dark side of the moon in 2011 mikhail solviev solviev jr is the captain of the moscow city police who for three years he has been on the hunt of a violent maniac known as Red, responsible for the murders of young women around the capital. In the ensuing operation to arrest Red, however, Soloviev's partner is killed and he is hit by a car while chasing him. However, he then wakes up in a hospital in the body of his father, Mikhail Soloviev Sr., a captain of the Moscow Municipal Militia in 1979. Mikhail is unsure whether he is dreaming while in a coma, if he has gone insane, or if he really has travelled back. The opening bit of Life on Mars. Yeah. You know? <laughs> However, you hear it a dozen times. With his comatose body still in 2011, he can, he can occasionally hear the conversations that his colleagues, relatives, and the doctors caring for him have in the present day. He is forced to adapt to the alien environment of Moscow in the days of the Soviet Union, and as a Soviet policeman, he must resume his job of solving crimes as before. And above all else, he must figure out exactly why he went back to 1979 as his father, and how he can return home to 2011 as himself again. So that doesn't really get into like how they talk about like the differences in culture between the two Russias. There are... Yeah, because that, that would be quite interesting technically 
it's a different country. It's not. You know. Yeah, we should watch it. We should try and find it because, and, yeah. and we may be able to because, according to this article from BBC Worldwide in 2012, Russia's version of Life on Mars is a huge hit. It was great to nice. see the Russian version of Life on Mars <laughs> become such a massive hit when it launched last month. Dark Side of the Moon was a top-rated show in its time slot on Channel One. The Life on Mars format is well suited to Russia, as producer Alexando. Alexander Sakalo points out, if you go back 30 years in the UK, social attitudes have changed. So you meet a character like Gene, who's an unreconstructed bigot. But when we go back 30 years, we're in a completely different country, like you said, Jaya. The communist Soviet Union hey. during the Cold War. Yeah. It, it, it also tries to wring comedy from the setting. Uh, at one point, Mikhail, the Russian equivalent of John Sim's character, finds himself in a urinal next to a young Mikhail Gorbachev, whose birthmark is instantly <laughs> recognisable, and tries to explain perestroika to him. <laughs> yeah, sounds... I, I mean, I have no reason whatsoever to think it's any less politically atrocious than the original British <laughs> version, but the Al- uh, it sounds like it could be an interesting thing. The Audi Quattro was replaced by a Moskvik, the standard-issue police car of the 70s in Russia. No one in Russia had heard of David Bowie back then, so the title has been changed to Dark Side of the Moon because Pink Floyd had a big underground Russian following during the 70s. So it's not because Bowie is evil gay music then. (laughs) The Soviet police were actually very orderly. Gene Hunt would have been booted off the force within a week. So in Dark Side of the Moon, his equivalent, Kotov, is a straight-laced stickler for the rules, while Mikhail is very much a corner cutter in the gene mold oh that's interesting isn't it like that you have like the the corrupt like fucking piece of shit police in the modern day russia and then you have like (laughs) these guys who are like doing everything by the book in in the olden days gets my seal of approval wow that's that sound that sounds really fascinating Imagine if they did a German version of this show. They've got a lot of bigotry to oh, draw God. comedy from. That, <laughs> that could be pretty dark. Like Hogan's Heroes. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, um, let's talk about Ashes to Ashes a little bit, because we haven't really uh, touched on it as much as Life on Mars. So yeah, it's basically like a posh. There's the most disgusting line in the whole series all right god where where alex is saying how you already kind of quoted it without quoting oh that one i was i thought uh, it was going to be like one of the sexist (laughs) or something uh, i'm being tongue-in-cheek obviously there's a lot of disgusting bigotry but no i i i I was the whole first season like half of every script is just people going up to alex like oh get your tits out love <laughs> and, and so many slurs, so so many slurs. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, I was can... just talking about when Alex points out that the left has learned from Thatcherism. Uh... Yeah, she's like talking to some <laughs> fusty old leftist who's like, "Oh, I fucking hate that Dennis Healy. I voted for Tony Benn. Me, he should have bloody won, but he fixed the election." Just you know, if I recall correctly, the leftist was saying how like they how Labour would never have gotten us into the falklands and yeah that and i mean Labor's that is true bo- socialist that's party. fucking bollocks to be honest like, I, I mean okay <laughs> labor 
Yeah. yeah, the socialists are pretty fucking stupid. That was the, that was a really stupid well. thing because Michael Foot like strongly supported the Falklands War. <laughs> but like, okay, I I understand his point, uh, but it felt you know almost like either they were trying to portray that character as not knowing what he was talking about, which I think is like <laughs> a, a possibility. We'll talk about the uh, interpret the various interpretations you can have for this other line in a second. But either. That, that line was them saying, oh, this guy, he thinks that he's got an idealized view of the left and thinks that Labour's true socialist party or whatever, like, fuck. Or it's a writer who doesn't really know much about the history they're talking about. <laughs> it's just like, oh, yeah, Labour, left, anti-war, Tories, right, pro-war. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I could see it going either way. But, yeah, Alex is just like, ha, 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 you're naive leftism is so funny to me one day uh you know the left will actually reconcile themselves to thatcherism and she's like oh oh, some of them will and it's like so is she saying like uh well some of them will like the blairites some of them because they're not even really the left like they're an unrepresentative minority who love thatcherism while everyone else wants a general alternative but they've kind of seized the reins uh a genuine alternative rather or is she saying that like some of them these fusty old like jeremy corbyn types you know they don't fucking understand (laughs) uh, that the world has changed that we live in a fast changing globalized economy and we all have to adapt and like learn to code and uh, i don't really think that was much of a as much of a thing in 2006 but still (laughs) or 2008 the left as i i mean i'm was pretty young but wasn't the left in quite a bit of defeat at that time in 2006 yeah well i mean like we're not now i mean yeah i mean the thing is like uh, the left had sort of reconciled itself to thatcherism but it's uh up for debate how good of a thing alex is saying this is uh, anyway yeah. mad thing to say like just talking about the future like that confidently to some random guy like just be like what like how do you know? It probably it probably just sounds like a f- full of themselves posh person who thinks that they like <laughs> somehow know like the contents of the future. <laughs> yeah. um, and Keely Hawes, like I think she's a good actor. She's uh, she's pretty good in the show. Uh, something I was saying to you, I wanted to bring this up. I guess I've kind of been putting it off because I don't want to put it in a kind of bait way. But I really <laughs> feel like in the first season of the show they kind of like sexualize her quite a bit and like she's a very beautiful woman and it's not that i aesthetically object to what they're doing but it then all that stuff kind of vanishes in the second season and i wonder what that was about if she felt like do you have to be doing that all the time? Can you not make the character just be someone who is good-looking but has other things going on? Because it's seriously, like, in, like, three episodes in a row, it's like she's in a really sexy, tight dress. Then she and Jean Hunt are trapped in a storeroom and it's really hot, so she they contrive yeah. a situation where she has to like strip down to her bra. And then the one after that, I don't know, there's some other some other thing where uh 
Kiwi horse looks really hot. Like, I don't know how else to put it. But it's not just that the character looks hot. Because, like I said, yeah, she is good looking. Yeah, it's the way she's shot. Yeah, exactly. the way the scene is set up, yeah. Exactly. Uh, and I, I fully agree that, uh, yeah, that was much more prominent in the first season than the latter two. Yeah, so uh, I mean, when I was watching the show as a teenager, you know, I fucking loved that shit. I was like, <laughs> watching season oh, two, tits. like, yeah, where's it, where's all the, 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 the you know, it's, well, it's, we say tits, like, come on, this it's cleavage, like, it's, yeah. you know, they're not gonna have, like, full frontal nudity in this show, just as, like, you know, they're not gonna have the, the F word, I don't think, although racial slurs are okay. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> to be honest, though, that's just one of those weird fucking double standards that, that they have in TV, you know? Like, in general, so, yeah. There's all kinds of things you can do, but you can't say fuck or show overt nudity, you know? You can say a racial slur, but you can't say fuck. Or you can, like, stove someone's fucking head in on the screen with, like, a mallet, but you can't say, you can't show a nipple. <laughs> yeah. um, but so, so it's almost, it's, like, futile complaining about this shit, because it's just all about the relationship between... Well, I was going to say all about advertisers and stuff. Not of a BBC, it isn't. So, <laughs> I don't Just know. Judeo-Christian you know, morality laws. Like. <laughs> not everything's got to have an 18 rating, I guess, if you're aiming for a, a, as wide a possible an audience. I will say, I think both of these shows, they look really good. It's kind of preposterous. Especially Ashes to Ashes. Like, I feel like they got a bit of a budget boost. I, I haven't I looked up the so. numbers, but... Yeah. Well, Ashes to Ashes, at least, was, was shot on film, which they, they make it look like, uh, you know, a kind of trashy 80s show, but, like, really good quality, yeah. obviously. But, like, with the fucking, like, Quantum Leap, or is that even from the 80s? Like, I don't know, Miami Vice, like, when they're playing the 80s mm. music and they're driving around fast in the Quattro <laughs> and Gene Hunt is... They're all pointing... Lots their... of scenes of the driving around, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they they ponce about with those guns shit. in such a, like, <laughs> fucking absurd, like, pantomime way. It's hilarious. Like, you can tell, like, most British actors, like, there's never anything that comes along where they have to hold a gun. <laughs> like, uh, so they all... <laughs> But, but I think also it's supposed to be cartoonish because I, I, I guess the fact that it is not really reality means that it is almost like uh, right. a, a composite 80s drawn of like childhood memories and pop culture and knowledge of history. It probably is the pastiche of the 80s, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And that's why it's so much like Miami Vice. Which it's one of those things that, yeah, like watching it the first time through, I... I didn't know how the twist was going to go even though you kind of said something about gene being an angel but i put it to the back of my mind and sure. I didn't just think what the fuck guy. i had no idea what that meant <laughs> yeah <laughs> I but going through it the first time i was just like man this is like really weird and unnaturalistic but then i guess once you know that oh they're dead okay that it, it yeah. makes more sense that uh that is that way and I doubt similarly they had that like i was saying end, how but... both sam and alex sound totally crazy that makes more sense why they're not like suspended once you learn that they're dead or dying because it's yeah not real duh <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, Although, like, I, 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 I wonder how early on in this narrative they came up with that explanation. I think it's 
maybe post hoc regarding at least the events of life on Mars. Um, I wonder. Maybe I wonder... season one, but surely by season two they knew that he was killing himself at the end. So yeah, yeah. something like that. And yeah. it's not clear that Gene's an angel or anything, but that's like, true. That's true. Yeah, I was thinking something more of the kind of thing. spiritually going on. Yeah. But they are both really interesting shows to watch in 2022, almost three, though, because, like, they're such relics of a different era of TV already. For a start, I mean, the fact that they're shot on film. It's fucking incredible. Most most films aren't shot on film now. Like, (laughs) the character of, you know, some of these shots that you're seeing is, 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 is gorgeous. Uh... And, you know, the greatest auteur directors in the world are, like, shooting movies on iPhones for expedience and shit. It's it's a really quite a remarkable thing of, like, thinking, wow, this was commonplace uh, at a time, although not for everything. They were consciously trying to make it look, uh, you know, 80s, in the case of Ashes to Ashes, at least. And also, there's the, there's the a very episodic nature it, it's like yeah a, that's not very common on tv these days is it at least a different for adult story drama. every week one thing it reminded me of is not a positive comparison i mean it depends <laughs> actually so it's a lot better than the thing i'm comparing it to but remember the last season of designated survivor where it was so shit how they had like the every single episode was about like the trending hot button issue yeah they're like this episode we're tackling big farmer this episode we're tackling yeah. <laughs> lgbtq rights this episode we're doing statues they kind of do that they're like so in this episode it's the ira in this episode it's like the craze they've managed to get football one of hooliganism jokes. yeah 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 football hooligans like sam tyler will be like oh you're ronnie cray you know he's gay they're like ronnie cray a bloody poor <laughs> it's just again like when gene hunt is like if Margaret Thatcher ever becomes prime minister, I will eat my own shit. Like, <laughs> although I do support her, he is a fan. He just yeah, Ray does well. like her in Ashes to Ashes. That oh no, you you know what? It might actually isn't it Shaz Shaz in season in Ashes to Ashes who says Labour would never have gone into the Falklands because they're a true socialist party. Isn't it her? You know who what? Says yes, that? I'm confusing. There's two times. There's one mm. where there's a socialist uh, suspect who says something about, like, yeah, about Thatcher or something. You know? And that's then a that really other... yeah. yeah. That's I think a funny I was conversation. Yeah, because uh, the others, yeah. all the lads are talking about how they support Thatcher, and Shaz is like, oh, I don't care that she's a woman. She's awful. And then she comes out with the like really dumb thing, which again, yeah. you're not sure if <laughs> you're not sure if they're sneering at Shaz or they're just dumb. Like and <laughs> and like, I mean, what other hot button issues do they address? It's like the Ugandan Asian community who Idi Amin had just expelled from Uganda. No, that, that's yeah there was episode. also there was an episode with south africans like the terrorist that mandela's a terrorist yeah <laughs> <laughs> um there was the wife swapping episode 
Oh God, yes. So... Where to- Tony and Cherie Blair, aka Sam Tyler. Yeah. <laughs> oh, they Annie. stole that from the uh, American one, didn't they? When they go, they used yeah. George and Laura Bush as undercover. They fucking stole that. Yeah. Uh, and Gene is Gordon Brown, and that, yeah, yeah. That's... Gene turns up with a prostitute. <laughs> yeah. Well, I wasn't going to bring me a wife, was I? Yeah. <laughs> yeah that... Oh, here's another thing. I don't think Gene Hunt's wife exists. You never. Right. We hear so much about her, but never see her. No. Never. In uh, over. Actually, no. In season two, Alex says something about, "Oh, you've been down since the divorce, haven't you?" So she's left him. Well, I don't know. I think he just made that up. He was. People were like, they had. He had. He like had through some some excruciating series of events had to have like the brass over for dinner or something, and and they were like, "Oh, what happened to your wife, Jean?" And he was like, "Oh, oh, she left me." She just doesn't <laughs> it's just he remember it's like you know how he's forgotten that he's an angel or whatever like he remembers that he had a wife at some point and she's not necessarily there but like and that's does gene, does gene hunt just like stop existing when other coppers aren't around <laughs> i don't <laughs> <laughs> getting re- metaphysical here on real politic if a, if a cop falls in a forest how many hunters. cop angels can dance on the head of a pin <laughs> it takes a gene hunt to break a buff no that's different i mean look i had fun watching these two shows i gotta be honest they they they're not yeah. they're not perfect but they're like <laughs> they're quite fun aren't they it's a fun hour long like you get more or less a whole story in each episode uh which yeah just isn't so like it's something you get these days and like not even just that but these shows they 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 had a couple seasons they ended uh, you know they they told a whole arc even yeah. if it was a very loose overarching plot I, you know I, I i respect that you know there's so much like nowadays is focused on franchise building and having never-ending story that is all connected uh simultaneously and That's just true. to go back to that simple to early 2000s kind of well mid 2000s kind of uh tv just episodic simple plots something to kind of tie it all together but nothing yeah. you have to think too much about you know exactly uh, it's, it's fun there has been talk politically about... trash but fun <laughs> oh yeah i mean there, there's been talk about there being a third series not season a third series at this like... point they'd have to go back to like 2000 <laughs> it'd be the 90s it'd be like gene hunt investigating <laughs> a murder at a lad's mag at he'll least. be able to see the softening of the police in real time yeah it'd be like him like uh, arresting liam gallagher for his staircase made of gear but like <laughs> I, I can't remember have i just made this up that they were going to call it lazarus because that's the song on David Bowie's final album, Black Star. Although that song came out in 2016. So I don't know how they're going to... You know how different things were in 2016 before uh, before the woke culture <laughs> really took over. Uh, <laughs> with the election of Donald Back Trump. Back when Trump was just getting elected. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I can't find anything about a third series, but there definitely is something somewhere. I mean, there's interesting Bowie stuff in the 90s, I guess. 
No, I mean, there definitely is, but I don't know what they would have used. But, so on Ashes to Ashes' Wikipedia page, under cultural impact, this will elucidate some of the political context I talked about earlier. So in 2010, the Labour Party used an edited image of Gene Hunt on the Quattro, with David Cameron's face as part of its general election campaign, with the words, Don't let him take Britain back to the 80s. The slogan links the Conservative leader with memories of social unrest and youth unemployment. In response to this, the Conservatives posted a slightly modified version of the image with the words, Fire up the quattro! It's time for change! Vote for change! Vote Conservative! (laughs) (laughs) Subsequently, Kudos Productions, which owns the copyright to the Gene Hun character, wrote to both parties requiring them, to cease using the image. <laughs> and this is an interesting little bit. Philip Glenister was introduced to David Cameron, the future UK Prime Minister, at the 2009 Police Bravery Awards. <laughs> Imagine how fucking chuffed some copper at the Police Bravery Awards was to get a ha- handed an award by Gene Hunt himself. Like... Look, I'm no fan of the police, but that is brilliant event booking. <laughs> Glenn is stuff of that shit. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure most of them are conservative supporters as well, so David Cameron probably a, a good shout at the time. Glenister explained that Gene Hunt was popular with real police officers because he spent his time catching criminals rather than doing paperwork. <laughs> yeah. and not just because he's almost real as racist, sexist and homophobic as they are. <laughs> He later quipped, six months later, Cameron's on Radio 5 Live saying exactly what I've just said. Bastard nick my line. Ha, well it's good that we can all get together and have a laugh, isn't it? The the police bravery awards. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, good good shows, kind of. (laughs) Fun. I I had fun. (laughs) I had fun. We 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 all had lots of fun. So, like, in Ashes to Ashes, Alex is, like, terrorised by this fucking clown from the video for David Bowie's Ashes to Ashes. (laughs) Just another example of clowns being being evil, be it it, um, who's that other, uh, Pennywise he's called, isn't it? Who's that other evil clown? The Joker, Coco the Scab in Brastoff. It did Joe did, Biden, a, a a real clown. Oh, oh, clownden <laughs> is what I call him. A real scary clown. His whole corrupt administration. His, nah, never mind. I'm not gonna. <laughs> if a joke didn't work on Twitter, I'm not gonna do it on the podcast. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so good call. So speaking of which, we've been going for quite a while now. I'm busting for a piss. I think we've covered yeah, it wasn't going to be a long one, and we've shows. pretty much <laughs> done a long yeah. one. My name is Alex Drake. I was shot and found myself in 1983. Is it real or in my mind? Either way, I have to solve the mystery of what all this means and fight to get home, because time is running out. 